Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
what this sentence truly means and how we can use this sentence uh, to not only impact our lives, but impact the lives of others. The sentence is, if it is to be, it is up to me. If it is to be, it is up to me. It is ten two-letter words that truly lets you know that we cannot pass what is what is up to us on to other people in order for those things to happen. We have to, in some way, make for put forth the effort to have all the kinds of solutions that we want in our lives. So, Regina, Regina, today, you're the first person on. As we think about it, if it is to be, it is up to me, gives you no faith to share your responsibility or your commitment with anybody else but yourself. And when you take on that responsibility, then you're more than likely you'll have the success that you need when you concretely put that in your head. If it is to be, it is up to me. Make sure that you know that you're the one responsible. What What are your thoughts about that? Mm, good afternoon. Good evening, James. Um, you know, about a year about a year and a half ago, um, we were in Virginia, and my dad told me this. And over the last year or so, um, the, my my relationship with my dad has grown tremendously. Uh, we've always loved each other, but our closeness and understanding of each other has grown. So he was talking about how he noticed my daughter was was growing and improving and and becoming growing into a, you know a young woman, and he told me that he said Regina, I want you to always remember, if it is to be, it is up to me. And he was telling me this to for me to be able to share that with my daughter, but also to encourage me in my entrepreneurial endeavors. And you taught me tonight, I never wrote it down to see that they were all, those words were all two-letter words. I I did not realize that. Um, So because my dad, taught me that, I say it all the time. If it is to be, it is up to me. And I can't let anybody stop me from doing what I have to do. Thank you so much for bringing that back to my memory this evening. Thank you. You're welcome. Listen, let me just say to you guys, you know, a lot of times, we have to revisit what is what has been in our lives or somebody has shared with us so that we can truly reach 
where we want to be in life. And um, I have to tell you, I have no excuses for not reaching my goals and to be determined uh, to make it uh, where it is I want to go. Uh, Three years ago when I decided to retire, I said to myself, you have more money than you ever had in your life. Uh, these people have written are going to write you a check, and you're going to put it in a safe place, and then you're going to start on your second career, and you're going to manifest another way to earn as much money or enjoyment from having your life be fulfilled by having complete control. And today, when I saw those ten two words, ten two words, um, Senate, if it is to be, it is up to me. Let me know that I cannot pass on my responsibility to reach my goals to anybody else. And I can't lay back and allow procrastination to steal my joy. In most of the cases, we we don't reach our goals because of procrastination. God gives us all the same amount of time, and we can use that time as wisely as we see fit. But when we choose not to use it properly, we cannot put that responsibility off on anybody else. Uh, so, Nate, today I'm saying to you, if if, if, it, if it is to be, it up is up to me, in this case you, what, what does that instill in you knowing that those ten words have to mean something to you, and they're very small words, so you can't suggest that you don't know what it's trying to say. Are you there, Nate? Let me go on to you, D. If it is to be, it is up to me. What What, what are your thoughts about those ten small words? <clears throat> well, good evening, James, and uh, Miss Regina, and whomever else is on the line. Um, I think no greater words have been spoken. Um, I think that um, we have uh, done ourselves in our uh, culture an injustice not to uh, reach, not to pass the baton up and relay those words to everybody that we know. Miss uh, Regina uh, is a case in point. You know, uh, it, it has been long uh, and noted by me, uh, only through awareness, that sometimes things are said to us, and it, it doesn't click right away. Uh, where I come from, we call it uh, things that are said to us, we put it on the shelf until we need it. And then when circumstances come about, uh it's like a mantle of things that we have accumulated over the 
and we go to the mantle, and we say, there it is right there. That's what was said to me, and this is why. And so, um, you know, I, I am a, in a new space, uh, in a new frame of mind these days. And it is imperative that we enlighten people to know that anything that you want to do, first of all, it's up to you. You know, we've all heard it. We've all heard the uh, the cliche, if you will, that faith without action is dead. Well, you know, a lot of people want to rely on God to do everything. They want to treat God like like he's Santa Claus, where you don't have to do nothing and just have faith and just wait on him. Well, that's not necessarily the case. It's actually it's up to me to get the ball rolling. And once I get the ball rolling with momentum, then everything else that I will that I that I wish for will be will become given to me through my actions and my associates. I think that's a key thing also. It's the people that I associate myself with. You know, uh, 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 light attract light. Or, I mean, when I say light, I'm to my L-I-K-E. The things that you do, you attract to yourself. And so um, my life history is a is a testament to that. So I like the cliche. I like the saying, and, uh, and that's what I live by. Thank you, James. Reverend Smith, um, let me come to you. If it is to be, it is up to me. Gives no one the ability to make excuses because that sentence clearly indicates that we have to be the the force that creates our success. Uh, good evening to everyone, D. Regina. Um, and hopefully Nate and others that are on the line tonight. <laughs> yeah, we have to we have to put ourselves forward. And Dee said it correctly when he said, "Faith without works is dead." And uh, we we have a tendency to want to make God. You're right, Dee, out of a Santa Claus. Uh, but we do. He do tell us to depend on Him. But He also tells us that. Everything, if you look at something in the scripture, the word of God, everything he tells you to do, there's always something you got to do, okay? You have to do something of everything. So it is, it is really up to you what you want to make out of your life, what you want to garnish from the days that God has given to you on this earth. We don't all have the same amount of days. Some of you that are on this line today might live a lot longer than my age is. And I pray to God that you do. I don't know. But my thing is that we've got to come to a point in our lives that if we want to make it, we've got to have that kind of thought in our head that if it is to be, it's up to me. It is up to you. Because nobody's going to force you. Even God don't force you to do anything. He never forces us to do anything. That is the absolute one thing I love about the Lord. He gave He gave us a choice. He gave us a choice. And now what you do with those choices that he's given to you, it's totally up to you. I used to always think that because out of my 27 years in law enforcement, I never, ever lost a case. Never lost a case. 
And I thought it was because I was so good. But it wasn't that. It was because I took my job seriously enough to believe that if, if, if something good was to come out of it, I had to be the one to make that something good come out of it. Because I know when I started out in my in my law enforcement career, I started out with the sheriff department making seventy two hundred dollars a year. Next thing, by because I was good at my job, I, the state attorney office come and offered me double the salary that I was getting from the sheriff department. And then, because I was good at that, here comes the state of Florida, the highest law enforcement agency in the state of Florida, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and offered me a job three times more than what I was making with them. So it's what, if whatever you want to be in life, it's up to you. Through Through Christ, not him alone, through Christ is what's going to take you to higher heights. It's not going to just jump out at you. So many people are waiting, and Nate was, I mean, uh, D was right. So many people sitting back on their door, oh, baby, I ain't worried about it. God got this. Yeah, right. For the last two days, I was so sick, I couldn't hardly move. I couldn't hardly move. And last, uh, early this morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning, I was sitting on the side of my bed getting ready to call 911. And my, 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 my spirit, the Lord, told me, he said, you help everybody else. Why don't you try one time helping yourself? Okay, so he said, pick up that oil you got over there and anoint yourself with that oil, and everything's going to be all right. And sure enough, sure enough, I was able to go to sleep and wake up this morning feeling almost 85% better than I felt last night because I just really thought I was gone. But, you know, we've got to come to that point in our communities. These words that we are speaking now, as far as I'm concerned, they need to be spoken to our younger ones, and they need to be spoken in the church. Stop waiting on God like he said, stop waiting on God to do everything for you while you sit back on your duff and do nothing. And and I just thank God for what he's done for me and what he's done for all the rest of you on this line. So that's it for me. God bless you. All right, Reverend Simmons, welcome back. We missed you. Uh, Andre, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. And we know that uh, we both can be very committed people, but those ten words are extremely powerful, and they don't give you any room to give the responsibility to anybody else. If it is to be, it is up to me. What what are your thoughts about that? Well, fantastic Friday to everyone, and uh, continued blessings and healing upon the pastor, and we're glad to have him back. And, James, you are exactly right. Those are powerful words, small but meaningful and powerful. And it it connects to everything because those words summarize the fact that we have choices that we have to make. Every second we have a choice to make. And uh, when we're with our choices, 
then we should duplicate that. And when Amen. we're not happy, satisfied, then, of course, we need to tweak and do something differently because, obviously, it's, it's not the plan that the Lord has for us because his plan is of good and not harm. So it is it. all about choices. And, you know, if you think about it, um, whenever we're faced with situations and uh, we seek out advice uh, from uh, whether it's our friends, our family, or whoever else, you know, uh, as friends and family, we can give a person uh, a recommendation or a suggestion, but it's always up to us as the individuals to take that, make that choice, because you know what? We have to be the one that live with it. So when it's late in the midnight hour and we're all alone, it's all choice that placed us in that spot, not what someone else could have, should would have done. And so the that impact is, so we live our life. And uh, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Again, small mm-hmm. words, but very powerful and meaningful. And, you know, to be uh, and honest and upright, um, we may say that we're going to do, and but it takes extra effort. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. And it truly means opening up and allowing the Lord to truly lead and, and direct and guide us. And that's easier said than done, depending on where you are on the journey. Some people may be farther alone than others, but I can tell you with me, it's one that I continue to struggle with. And yet, um, by God's grace, he constantly shows us his provision and his protection his love, his mercy, his blessing, his guidance through it all. And yet me, I continue time after time again, I find myself uh, concerned about something when he he has it already taken care of. But thank you, uh, James, for bringing this attention to us that we have free will choice. And the choice that we make places us in the positions that we're in. And it's up to us to do differently. Amen. Preach. And you're so Preach. right. And Cheryl, <laughs> and Cheryl, as I come to you, uh, again, I uh, ask uh, these words mean, mean to you and how they don't give uh, any any freedom to pass on the responsibility to anybody else. It says, if it is to be, it is up to me. And so we now know that we have to commit ourselves anything it is is the desires of our heart. When God says he'll give you the desires of your heart, it doesn't mean you're supposed to sit in a corner and wait for everything to happen. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, When I got these words from you today, and I'm sorry, good evening to everyone and how's everyone doing? Um, It brought me back to my story because as everybody knows, that I laid there sick in my bed for three years, but I was already prophesied to that I was healed. And, you know, my words always is, faith without works is dead. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So with that being said, I couldn't see the healing, but I had to do the work if I had any faith at all. And it does. It takes a lot of effort. Um, you have to be totally dedicated. Um, you have to put your all in it to make a difference. Um, and just like we're saying, you know, God, God don't force us to do anything. 
he can he it was told I'm healed. So now not only could I just act like it, now I have to put the work in. And I'm telling sure. you because of it, I am a living miracle. Only right. you we are supposed to listen to the word, but be doers of the word. And and just like what said just now, we are all not on the same level. You know, we wish that others were more doers than the next person, but that's not the case. Everybody's not in the same place. And all we can do is love each other where we are and support each other where they are. Because just like us as humans, we can't force anybody to do the work. It's up to them to do the work that in order to reach that which hope for because the evidence is not seen. We can't see it, but it's there. And if we do the work, then we'll be able to see it. So those are my words. Faith without works is dead. Amen. And I live by that. Amen. You know, it's so it's so important for us time meditating and uh having uh our creator there with us as we mount the plan or the direction that we plan to take in order to get where it is that we're going. And I realize that, you know, I have uh, just as much time as anybody else because we all have the same 24 hours. And we have to want for ourselves the very best and not settle for anything less. But we have to make sure we realize that it is up to us in order to obtain that. And that the sentence, it is up to me in order to have those things that I want, if it is to be, it is up to me. I have to realize I can't lay the responsibility on anybody else. I can say they, uh, God may put them in my path to give me the information that I need, but ultimately I have to take that information and make it mine. So, D, we can't lay off on anybody else our lack of success or our lack of um, reaching our goals because we have we use we allow procrastination usually steals our dreams. It's not other people; it is our individual procrastination because most of the time we know the steps or we can obtain the steps necessary to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, you know, um, when I heard Ms. Cheryl speaking a moment ago, uh, it reminded me of a lot of things that Jesus talked about, uh, one of which when he, uh, when the disciples were hungry and they asked Jesus uh, to feed them. Um, they, uh, if you could speak, speak a word and the fish would jump in the boat. And uh, Jesus, and I'm, I'm speaking uh, in in. In, in reference to um, explain to them that uh, why, why don't I teach you how to how to fish yourself and you can feed yourself and um, but you know let me let me say something real quick about procrastination uh, procrastination uh, I have come to realize in my uh, in my midlife that uh, procrastination is a disease <laughs> and um, and 
one of which, uh, you know, when they speak about uh, legalizing marijuana, don't be fooled. Um, once the euphoria wears off, then the the sensation of not wanting to do nothing kind of sets in. And so that is a that is a trick of the devil. Don't let procrastination is part of that high. And so and so you know I had said that uh, a person could never do as well as they, as they could have done had they not started smoking marijuana. So uh, so all of these all of these things need to be uh, explained to our young folks. And, 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 you know, like I said before, you know, we can say things to them and they might not get it right away. But I promise you, if they continue to live, they will go back to the things that we said and they'll be able to use it in their life. Thank you, James. Uh, Reverend Smith, you know, when uh, Dee said that, the thing that I thought about was anytime you use a substance to remove you from reality, you're actually trying to make yourself believe that your life is what it is, is is what you want it to be. And you're trying to remove yourself from responsibility. And the truth is, only when we're sober do we really realize where, that we're not where we want to be and understand the fight that is necessary to get to where we should be. And so uh, I, I, I'm glad that when D is on, he's bring these kinds of things to our minds because it makes that makes those ten two letter words even more powerful because mm-hmm. we cannot overlook the fact that if our life is not as happy as we want it to be, we can use mm-hmm. our time better to make it what we want it to be. Amen. I agree with you one hundred percent. I tell you something, this is a wonderful discussion by everyone this afternoon. It really is. Uh, it's just that using, using the drugs, alcohol, and anything else to cover up your lackability, okay? And that's the whole problem with these, these, these individuals who use these things to cover up their ineptness. And, and and that that's what happens. That's what happens. They don't want to face the fact that if if it's going to be, it has to be me. You know, it's got it got to come from me because they feel like someone has let them down because they didn't give them something. As far as I'm concerned, and that's not the way it's ever going to be. And that's why so many of our young people are losing ground instead of gaining ground, because we don't have enough of this being taught, even to them. It, we, we just don't have it being taught to them. Um, 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 Dee said it, and, 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 and so many others here on the line tonight, about how, how, how great God has, has been to them and how far he's brought them. But at the same time, if we don't reach back and get someone, and put these things in their head, I think that all of our lives have been in vain. I really do. Because remember when he said in his words, he said, you saw me in prison and you didn't feed me. only thing he's trying to tell us is reach back and grab somebody else and help them. And if, if, if we want to use the, use the analogy of what we're speaking of here tonight, 
we should realize that we've got to speak these things. And I'm glad to see this now because even at my children's age, I can go back and tell them. And I can tell my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, if it is to be, it's up to you. It's up to me. And you've got to remember that and keep it in your head. And, and that's, that's the greatest thing of all to me. God has given us the ability. No one can say they don't have the ability. No one. But at the same time, they have not tapped into their ability because they're so busy waiting on somebody else to give it to them instead of tapping into your own resources of life. They are not. They are not. So many of them are just going along, making life what it is, and which is nothing. And so I just say we got to reach back and grab somebody. And I'm glad to hear this because I will be telling it. As a matter of fact, I will be texting it to my grandchildren. You know, because I know a lot of my grandchildren need to hear this, and some of my own old behind children. <laughs> so <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will be telling them. You know, I, 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 I this really, the, you want to know something? As old as I am, this is the first time I've heard this phrase. This is really the first time I've actually heard this phrase. I, I wish I had heard it a long time ago, but I live by a phrase like this that my mother taught me. Say, once the task is first begun, never leave it until it's done. Be the label great or small, do it well or not at all. And it basically centers around the same thing we're talking about now. If you intend to be anything, you've got to make the thrives for yourself. God bless. And Andre, you know, we sit and listen and recognize that so often people try to suggest they don't understand, but clearly this sentence is made up of these ten two-letter words that uh, makes it impossible for someone not to be able to digest what it's saying. You know, and too often we want to, to lay our responsibility off on somebody else to make us feel good, and we want to get away from our uh our honestness about who we are and our, you know, want to get into drugs and marijuana in order to get away from um, understanding why we are in our situation. So clearly now we need to attach ourselves to these kinds of this sentence so that we uh, don't give our power away uh, to others. Amen. I agree completely, completely, James, Uh, especially the last part of what you're saying, ensuring we don't give our power away, what we are equipped with, what we are prepared for. Sometimes we don't recognize it, our own self, what we are truly capable of. And by human nature, uh, we are to deflect, like you say, um, you know, Uh, provide excuses or whatever the case may be. But I'm so thankful that it's enough people that care about each other that in so many words we remind that person that you're never in a situation that you have to remain there. And we encourage them to, you know, take another step, you know, one step at a time. We're truly on a journey, and it has to be one step at a time. 
But you talk about the, the smallness of the words, and yet you combine and put them together, they become powerful. And, you know, like the rudder, the, the rudder of the ship that, that turns and, and stirs the ship, and we all know the challenge. We talked about it before on the show, James, the power of the tongue and, and, and its capabilities and power. But notice the words may be small individually. But yet when they're combined, they make a complete thought, they uh, challenge you, um, they uh, put you to the the test, if you would, of um, evaluating yourself. You know, there's so many components of this because how often do we really just really take a good look at the person in the mirror? And, you know, we can easily identify faults or strengths in other people, but so really getting to know yourself. Um, I know when I was coming up, a person uh, shared with me that, you know, if you find yourself driving a distance and you just have to have the radio on, um, that you can't, you know, just really be at peace with yourself and, and just have quiet time, um, you may have an opportunity to kind of look within yourself to really find and know yourself. And uh, you know what I found here even more recently is um, I had some cameras installed in in my home and that kind of stuff. And a lot of times when I forget that they're on and I'm walking around the house, I find myself humming a lot. And that's I know that that's a way that I use to get into myself. So, again, powerful words because we have to, first of all, uh, look within ourselves in order to make the choice of what step we really want to take. And, and Cheryl, uh, as I come to you, you know, one of the things I have been to- telling myself for many, many years, and when I've been asked to speak in front of people uh, uh, to give encouragement uh, to young people over the years, you know, I, I would tell them that I was born without any excuse Uh, that I could not make up excuses uh, not to succeed, and there were things that were just clearly understood came to my education and came to where I was going. And throughout um, my life, my mom just gave me um, opportunities to learn. Uh, One of the things that I remember uh, way back um, when I was younger, just to give you a few of the things that happened to me, I knew I was in a different place or there was something different about the two people who birthed me that made me understand that I clearly had to live my life through a manner. And one was when uh, once I had a bike stolen from me, and I came home crying and all distraught and uh, not realizing that I had two parents who were committed and dedicated uh, to me and the life that I would live. And I came home and I told my mom that someone had stolen my bike. And she called, told me to call my dad and let him know. And so I called him to let him know. And when he got home, I had a new bike. But with that came the acknowledgement that these two people 
worked hard enough and long enough to provide me the things that I needed, things that I wanted, sometimes more than I deserved. And I needed to dedicate myself to living the kind of life that would not embarrass them. And so often we need to make sure young people recognize and understand the sacrifices that parents make and that they should live their lives in a way that doesn't embarrass those people who get up every morning and go to try to make a living so that they can live an exemplary life. You um so right. And um, this was a phrase when, like I said, when you sent it, was something that I've heard but just hadn't thought about it. And that's, you know, in the same wording. But um, it is. It's something that we should share, especially with our um, with our children and family. And I'm like Pastor Smith. I'm going to be texting this phrase. <laughs> I'm going to be texting this phrase all night long and probably even put it up on my Facebook page with a, um, a question to get some kind of responses. Because, you know, we don't think about that. We don't think about um, sharing what we know to help somebody else. But um, these are excellent, excellent words, powerful words, um, and that it can display a lot in somebody. It can be thought-provoking in many, you know, just like um, I think Dee mentioned, you know, some people might put it up on a shelf and don't think about it for a while until they need it and come back for it. But it is, it's something that should be constantly brought before us. And just like you were saying about, um, you know, the children, a lot of children really believe that the things that they want in life is owed to them. You know, we provide them with the things that they need, but a lot of them go beyond that and think that, and not only that, a lot of adults live their life thinking that this world owed them something and not willing to do the work and not realizing that it up, it's up to them. You know, we blame a lot of people for our shortcomings, but we don't have to be where we are. We can take the necessary steps. Now, it may not be easy, and most of the time it is not easy to get where you are trying to go, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it in the end, you know, and like I said, this is very, you know, this is something that I definitely want to share with so many people um, today. And Regina, you know, we think about it, the, there's so much power at our hands now that we have these smartphones and these computers and the knowledge that is needed is never very far away from us, and we need to be focused on it and dedicated to obtaining the information that we need uh, to get what we want. We no longer have to walk to the library and carry uh, pounds of books. We now have the information right at our fingertips, and there truly is no excuse for not focusing on what it is you desire and taking the steps necessary to get it.
Well, that could be a bad thing and a good thing, Jane, because um, by having it right there at our fingertips and living in a microwave um, society, we become impatient when things aren't given to us immediately or when we don't achieve our goals immediately and then we quit or we move on to something else before we wait to see how how we're going to progress. So the having it right there at our fingertips can can be bad and good. That's why we a lot of us don't have a lot of patience. And patience is a virtue. You're absolutely right. You know, we part of uh, being patient is not only waiting for the success, but recognizing there may be a time period that you have to be willing to accept to get where you're going. So, D, we have to realize things may not be overnight, but as long as we're willing to put the time in and have the patience to look for the results, then we can be uh, assured that we can get the desire of our heart as God has promised. Well, James, uh, you know, uh, I really want to tell you, man, I appreciate your show. Uh, this is this is how important this, this conversation is to me. This, this is extremely important. First of all, let me touch on something that, that Pastor Smith said. You know, uh, our entire purpose on life is to share with other people our experiences so in the hope that they uh, we have learned something in our experiences and by sharing it with others uh, it may uh, avoid them some pitfalls in life you know now let me say let me tell y'all something uh, the way I feel I'm a guy uh, my next birthday I'll be 62 years old and when you speak about today's time and today's technology, those are tools that we're supposed to be able to use. Uh, you know, this message that, that you put forth on us today, you know, this message is one of the messages that's supposed to be utilized on Facebook because we all been on Facebook before, and we all see how people think and how they talk. And they, and they share their woes and their problems and things of that sort. And you can go to some of the grown folks' conversations or uh, chat rooms, and that, that there's no real grown conversation to be had. Uh, by utilizing today's technology, this is that's our ministry. And this and 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 I can say that from a guy being uh, 52 years old. And I say all that to say this. And Pastor Smith forgive me, and, I'm, and you may may agree with me. Uh, these churches, the way they teach, and Miss Regina just mentioned it, the, the way they teach is obsolete. Now, I, I understand that God's word is the same today and forever. I understand that. But in today's microwave society, today's preachers need to go back to schools, if you will, and learn how to treat the message where the microwave brain can comprehend it. Now let me let me give my own life experience of what I'm talking about. Most of y'all know my story, a drug a drug addict story, okay? And I went to rehab four times. 
to try to um, to learn how not to use drugs. I had a pretty good idea, but myself still got in the way. Now, James, this is where your message come in today. The message, the same, very same words my mama used, but she used it in a different way. Hence, she said to me, I wish you was mad enough to do something about your problem. And that was the thing that made me click. Going to rehab four times wasn't it. That didn't do it for me. It was those words, which is the same words that you just said, but it was in a different way. I wish it was man enough to do something about your problem. And in that, what that did for me, it made me pull together all the resources that God had given me. All the resources that God had given me all over my life at that time. The good, the bad, the other. The small, the big, and the little. I pulled together all the resources to find out a way to pull my life together through his grace. And it has worked for me. And these and this and that very saying right there that that's 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 being modeled today is what really brought me to your show. Because I think it's just that important that the world, especially our own people who've been deprived by their own life circumstances, whether it be the lack of a father in the home or too many siblings or whatever it is, really haven't had the opportunity to hear these words. Thank you, James. And Reverend Smith, you know, it is when I listen to D and he talks about if he was man enough, his mother hoping he was man enough to handle his issues, we all claim to be adults. But we don't act in adult behavior when it comes to our responsibility, not only to ourselves, but to the world around us. Uh, you know, we can't walk around with blinders on, happy for what it is that we've gotten, and deny ourselves what we can achieve, because what we can achieve might be what the community needs. So not only do we disappoint ourselves when we don't reach our goals, we uh, keep the community from having the treasure that was put inside of us. I agree, James. And, and that's what so many of us do as adults. I, I remember when I was in school and the teacher used to say, I got mine, you got to get yours, Okay. And and really, truthfully, um, she didn't mean it in the context that she said it in, but it sounded so nasty. <laughs> and and we, we used to always tell her, said, Miss Howard, why do you say it like that? You know, why do you say those kind of things? Well, I got my education. Uh, but what she was trying to do, per se, was motivate us. And sometimes it takes the harshness of things to really get you to motivate. I don't know about most of you all, um, I I thrive off adversity. When you tell me I can't do anything, that's when I wind up doing whatever I, you know, that you said I can't do. I, I remember in my high school high school yearbook, I was wrote they wrote in my high school yearbook under my name, the least likely to succeed. And by the grace of Almighty God, I was the only one to really succeed in the fashion and manner that I did. So you never know what God has for you. All you got to do is step out there, step out on faith and realize that 
whatever you're doing, you've got to realize that no, nobody can take that from you. You can give it away, but nobody can take that from you. And so that's what we need to do. We've got to always remember we're not on this journey. Uh, I think it was Cheryl that said, we're not on this journey by ourselves. We're not on this journey by ourselves. Uh, I think that's where we get all mixed up at sometimes. We think that we are on this journey by ourselves, and we are not. We need to we need to reach back. What they say, each one teach one. We we need to do. We need to start doing that in our communities because right now we're in a bad way. We're in a bad way, and uh, I I think that that those ten words that you put out there would be a good start, a very good starting point for so many of our young children to hear, to see, and not worrying about the explanation itself, because it is really self-explanatory. But I, even though I know a lot of people are going to try to put a spin on it, because you know one thing about us, we're going to try to put a spin on something. I don't care how easy it is or whatever, we got to put a spin on it. So but we just we just got to do better. We just got to do better for our, for the for the sake of our own family members, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. And we have to recognize the power within, Audrey. It is sometimes that we allow, uh, like Pastor says, about other people putting spin on things and other people tossing darts at our our dreams and our desires. But we have to learn how to um, fill ourselves up with recognizing that we have the power within us, regardless if those who are outside ourselves don't see the specialness inside of us. We can't allow ourselves to be uh, taken down as a result of other people not seeing the miracles within us. We have to be willing to, and prepared to overpower what they see and create the butterfly we know that exists in us. Amen. Are you there, Andre? Yes, and um, we do have to make sure that part of our choice is to determine if indeed we want to use or listen to that advice or whether we don't. But again, the choice is going to be up to us, right? So you're exactly right. The naysayers, um, uh, we have to find ourselves when we are um, responded and you can't or you shouldn't. I don't know if I would do that if I was you. All that. And if you know that in your heart you're being led by the Lord that this is for you, and, and you may not even understand, it may not be logical. That's when we walk in by faith comes into play. But then you start being away from those negative ones and uh, surrounding yourself with ones who will speak life into you. And the word is full of life. And uh, that's what we have to hold on to because I don't remember saying, hearing anything where um, things are impossible with the Lord. So if he had put it into your spirit, no matter how it looked, no matter how illogical it may be, you step out and you go forth. But when those people that want to bring you down, those naysayers, just go ahead and keep pushing. You know, show them love, but keep pushing. 
And, you know, uh, Regina, we have to be prepared. People who might not even say it the way we need it to be said and embrace it with encouragement. Uh, just like uh, Pastor Smith said, I've heard people say that, you know, I got mine, you need to get yours. And I also remember my mom telling me, hey, you know you can't come home without your degree. You know, and, and I hadn't even done, taken my first class yet. So, you know, sometimes people put uh, obstacles in our way not to uh, defeat us, but to give us the needed uh, encouragement to rise above that which is in front of us. You know, let me tell you. Let me tell you how times have how times have changed. Um, if we were to say that to a child now, that is the equivalent of verbal corporal punishment. Now, teachers use that to mo- to motivate to motivate me, and. If I even told my mom that a teacher had to tell me that, my mom's question would have been, why? What were you doing that she had to say that to you? But you're correct. It was a way of of motivating the, the young people to, um, to, you know, achieve. But now I'm going to put on my on a couple of doors and bulletin boards, affirmation. If it is to be, it is up to me. Because we have to, we just have to keep motivating our young people. We have to. We have to. And the prize is so great. When they reach their dreams and their aspirations, uh, you know, we have to let every child know that they have the ability to overcome. You know, when we talk about our president uh, and some of the things he had to overcome and so many others out there, when they had to overcome, you know, their, the different issues that they had on a personal level, we have to recognize that we all have excuses, but ain't nobody listening. And so we need to stop making excuses and creating opportunities. And, D, once we are in a position to create those opportunities, we not only create them for ourselves, but we create them for others. Well, that's very true, James. Um, I'm uh, a student of understanding how motivation and momentum work. Uh, Once you get started, and stop worrying about the consequences. Or what if it don't work? Or, or what people are gonna say? Or, you know, and 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 the answer always is what if it does work? And so, and, and once you put one foot in front of the other one, like uh, like the other thing, uh, all you got to do is show up. Just show up. If you show up, then God will show up. If you show up and and start your project. You just get started. Don't worry about the outcome. Just start the project. Start the project and then learn from what you did last year or, what, or however it didn't work. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to understand now that the redo, the redo is part of the process. The reset, the doing it over again, that's part of the process. Uh, you know, uh, a person said, well, I tried it four times. 
and it didn't work. Well, why didn't try 50 times or 100 times? So, you know, uh, and when it gets to Donald Trump, and I said it last night, but I'm going to say it uh, uh, in, in a different way today. The Donald Trump is the what you going to do about it, President. What you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? God, that he is. He is the the, the end result of what it, what it could be like. And so God let him show up right on time from where I stand. Now, the damage, yes, he can do some damage while he's in there. But he is supposed to be the awareness of what you're going to do about it, what, what we have not done. And so, uh, you know, these conversations is, is part, of the, uh, part of the process. Now, uh, quite naturally, there are a lot of people still that have no interest in what we're talking about. That's part of the process, too. So uh, our, our endeavor, our new endeavor, is to care enough, like Pastor Smith said, to care enough to help them just become aware a little bit. And then the things that we do say, quite naturally, it will resonate to them as they continue their journey forward. And thank you, James. I think I'll stop it there. Appreciate it. Yeah, it is so important for us to see the light and uh, shine that light behind us or make a make available Space for that light to shine to people behind us. Because the last thing we should want, Reverend Smith, is to be on top of the hill by ourselves. We need to be making provisions for those who come behind us so that a legacy is left for those who want to grab hold of the vision that we've seen for ourselves. Um, the dream that Martin Luther King had, it wasn't just for him. It wasn't just for his family. It was for all of us. And those of us who have obtained a portion of his dream should want a portion of that dream passed on to people behind us. Reverend Smith? I'm here. I'm here. But it seems like we're so selfish sometimes, James. Um, <laughs> if, if we go back to the ten words, if it is to be, it is. Uh, it must be me or whatever. I can't remember the whole thing, but it not is up right to now. me. It's up to me. If, right. if it is so, to be, it is up to me. It's up to me, right? The thing is that we've got to we've got to realize that everybody is not motivated to do. Most people nowadays, with the generational gap that we have, uh, but we can't give up. We cannot afford to give up because I believe that there's. Matter of fact, I was in in, in, in Winn Dixie the other day because I go up there walking uh, two or three days a week. <laughs> And uh, there was a young man in there, and I stopped and talked to him about what was his plans for his life. And he told me that he wanted to be a, I feel, a county uh, deputy. And uh, he was going to school now to do all of those things. And I was very proud of him. To hear him have a positive outlook on life, and his hair was, he was just a neat young man. He's working in Winn-Dixie, but he's, He's a very neat young man and not not thuggish looking, you know. 
But sometimes that's another problem that we have also. We can't judge a book by its cover. We really can't judge a book by its cover. But trying to get these young people to understand a lot of times that if it is to be, it's up to me. But you've got to present yourself in a, in a desirable way. You have to present yourself in a desirable way. Nobody's saying you got to kiss up to anybody. But if I see you walking into my store with dreads hanging down to your shoulder, I mean to your waist, to your to your waist, and I see you um, uh, uh, with a million and one tattoos on you and everything, I think twice. I don't care what kind of brain you got, because my thing when I when my customers come in, a lot of customers become very frightened of first impression first impression, and a lot of them won't bother to come back. So we've got to come to that point and real, let them realize that God made you unique. You don't have to copy after anyone else. You are you, and you are the, you're the person that God wants you to be only if you take those ten words and you make them your own. And, and it can be done without a shadow of a doubt. But we can't give up. Sometimes you feel like you want to give up, but you really can't give up on them because they're such, they're just lost in this messed up world. And I understand what you know, he was talking about. I think when you talk about people doing that, I sometimes wonder if they're trying to make a reason or make an a excuse for why they haven't succeeded. You know, when you do something that you know is going to put an obstacle in your path to success, sometimes you do that to take your pressure off yourself so that you can have an excuse for not succeeding, Andre. You know, so sometimes when you have these people who put these tattoos all in their face, all on their neck, and everywhere else, and knows it goes against the universal rules that will get you the success that you want, it then gives them a for not being obtained, they desire. I agree with that. Or they say they desire. Yes, there's a writing so by Miriam Walker uh, that states just that, that our greatest fear, our greatest fear is is often ourself and uh, of achieving greatness. So, again, it, it goes back to that choice to not be afraid to know that, you know, we are capable, we are equipped, we are prepared, and we are destined for greatness. So uh, we just have to come into that knowledge and know that. And uh, it takes us to help each other sometimes to to just re- reinforce that that message. But you're mm-hmm. right, James. Yeah, you- um, uh, you're right. Sometimes people just do things to come up with an excuse, if you would, of why they are um, put in a position of, you know, being treated unfairly or whatever it is that they may want to cop out on. But uh, we we know that to be just what, it, you know, for it to be just what it is. And that's when we ask questions. When people start talking like that, I start just asking, you start asking them questions so that they can kind of hear themselves uh, and, and let you, and let them know, you know, nobody's playing but you. So, again, it sure. goes back to the choice that we're making. Sure. 
And, uh, D, let me go to you and just say, you know, there's some universal rules of law that work for all of us. You know, like if you're willing to get up every morning and we're not willing to go out there and put in a day's work somewhere, you're going to have some success. You know, you cannot deny a man the ability to make a living if he's willing to get up each and every day in early in the morning and look for a way to feed his family. A way will find him if he's willing to get up each and every morning and look for it. James, I'm glad you said that because that is absolutely true. I have come to learn that your success is in your action, and your actions start with the get up and go. Um, you know, um, uh, it's it's all about momentum. Once you start, once you start, then the, tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Just do the best you can out of this day. Get all you can out of this day. Live this day like it's the best day. I, uh, I've started to make T-shirts now, and one of my saying is, today I'm going to be awesome. And and that gains momentum. You know, when you when you talking about when you talk about the uh, the generation that that uh, find comfort in the not doing anything, uh, that's the part of thug life. Thug life is that life. Uh, you know, I, my conclusion is it don't it don't take much to be a thug. I got to do just just don't do nothing. Don't handle a job. Don't want to do nothing. Then you you automatically a thug. Um. But I, I also want to touch base on what you said about Dr. King. You know, uh, can we imagine? Well, let, let me say this first. Dr. King wasn't killed because he wanted to take his, him and his family to the mountaintop. He wasn't killed for that. He was killed because he wanted everybody else to come. He was killed because he was trying to enlighten the other black people that there is something better for you, which the other people didn't want you to know that. That's why they got this noise thing, this noise going on now, and they want you to hear the noise. They don't want you to hear this show. Like the guy came in and uh, interrupted our show uh, a week ago. They don't want you to hear that. They want you to hear the talking heads. Uh, if you all know, uh, if you all remember uh, during World War II, Tokyo Rose, uh, her, her job was, and she was a Japanese DJ, her job was, during the during World War Two was to disenchant the American the American troops to to make them think that you're not winning you're not right. winning you can't win um, you're in our country and we outnumber you all ten to one there's no way you can win and that's the, that's the same playbook that the the talking heads are doing now so like Miss Audrey said uh, she would always say um, don't listen to the noise. Don't get distracted. Stay focused and keep going forward. Thank you, James. Regina, let me ask you, you know, how are we to make sure that our young people here and and grasp hold of the value and the strength that's within them and where they can where they can move away from their present environment? as long as they're willing to commit themselves? Um, well, you're saying how can we how can we make sure they know that? 
Yes. By by being examples. Today was Read Across America Day, and it was also um, at our school we had Men Who Read Day. So we had a lot of men to come in, and as the men left, I thanked them for being there, and I invited them to come back in me time because our boys need to see men. And you gentlemen on this show know what a man is. But if our boys only see what they see in their neighborhood, and it could be a good neighborhood, but if they only see Pookie and and Poo-Poo and, 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 you know, sitting around, on the phone, playing video games instead of going up to the Winn-Dixie, clean-shaven, ready to work, then that's what they're going to emulate. Our young people emulate what they see. So what we have to make sure we do is put the good vision, put in front of them what we want them to see. And if you're in a neighborhood or know of a neighborhood where those images are not there, then it is our responsibility to go into that neighborhood, those children. You may not can get all of them. Get one or or two and take them to the ballet. Take them downtown to the library. Take them to the public park and have real fun let them see you get angry and how you negotiate through your anger. They have to see. If it is to be, they have to see. And that's how we're going to do it. All of us on this program, I know we're going to do it. And we're going to, even if it's just one life that we touch, we're going to do it because we're just that Powerful. Amen. All right. Well, Audrey, uh, what is your final thought for this evening? Are you there, Audrey? Yes. Uh, What I will be is up to me. I am reminded that I am blessed, that I am favored, I am loved, I am destined. I am great. I am saved. Impossible with the Lord, and I give thanks. So um, that good plan that he has for me, I ask that he order my steps, and I help others along the way. Say it. Say it, girl. All right. Reverend Smith, your final thought for this evening? All I can say, James, tonight is to God be the glory. I'm just so glad that God is working on my body, taking me to higher heights and helping me to maintain and and, and be able to motivate others. And we all must realize that if it is to be, it's up to me. And and that's what I'm going to maintain that and pass it on numerous times, numerous times. God bless you all 
I love you to death. Thank you. All right. D, uh, your final thought for this evening. Well, um, my final thoughts are to uh, stay the good fight, drive the new message home, drive it home, let it be known that if we don't um, convert and take advantage of this situation, then the likes of Donald Trump and people that's coming behind him are going to give you four and eight and 16 more years of the same stuff. So we got to make a change within ourselves. We got to start feeling different about ourselves and our kids and our culture, and our and our and we'll come out better on the other side. Like Miss Sherry used to say, we do we are doing what we can, but we're doing we can do better. Thank you, James. All right, yeah. Regina, your final thought for this evening. Two words. Thank you. If it is to be, it is up to me. We have to grasp hold, stay strong as we reach for our goals, not only for ourselves, but our community. Guys, thank you so much for your continued support. I look forward to being with you tomorrow at 8 p.m. I look forward to being with you uh, years down the road as we continue to make our voices heard loud and clear without interruption. These are the opportunities that we need to take advantage of as we encourage and inspire each other to greatness. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow. children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place Jesus is